An Oklahoma state representative just tried to troll conservatives by sponsoring a bill to make fathers financially responsible from conception. <laughs> and then apologizes for hurting the pro-abortion cause. A Colorado congressman introduces a bill to replace the word fetus with unborn child throughout the entirety of federal law. Anywhere where the term fetus appears in federal law, it would be replaced both past and future with unborn child. And the former president of Planned Parenthood admitted that she was instructed by Planned Parenthood to say the word abortion in every interview in order to destigmatize the word. The truth is never afraid of a lie, but a lie is always deathly afraid of the truth. Or to quote Joseph Goebbels, the Nazi propagandist, the lie can be maintained only for such a time as the state can shield the people from the consequences of the lie. It thus becomes vitally important for the state to use all of its powers to repress dissent. For truth is the mortal enemy of the lie. Truth in life is winning, friends. Life is winning and abortion is mortally wounded. It's time to strike the final blows. I'm Seth Gruber and this is Unaborted. Welcome to the show today, guys. Thank you so much again for tuning in. Um, these are very, very wild times. We just had a phenomenal conference at Calvary Chapel Chino Hills for Love Life California. We had over 1,100 people there in person, many more tuning in uh, online as well. And I'll be sharing more about that uh, this week. And as we move forward, we expect a lot of wonderful fruit um, to, to come about from that conference. Our, our goal uh, of course, was to mobilize a Christian witness outside every abortion center in the state. Every day they're open by the end of 2023 um, in order to end abortion, <laughs> to take back life and uh, wake up the church, the most powerful organism for change uh, in the world, in the country. And so much of the rot that has happened in this country has started in California. And so we're trying to take back life, and this conference was uh, sort of a small attempt at that. Um, however, I wanted to dive into a very, very hilarious story here that just came out that conservatives and pro-lifers were just having a bunch of fun with, uh, trolling this pro-abortion leftist from Oklahoma. Uh, by the way, sad, huh, that you could have such a pro-abortion uh, elected representative in Oklahoma. Just goes to show... Uh, the left is relentless in taking political ground to further their religion and their goal of remaking all of society in their own image. You, you can't find some more conservative parts of the country than Oklahoma, um, and yet the rot is spreading. It's, this is why it's so important for the church to begin contending um, relentlessly for life and righteousness before it's too late. But this Oklahoma state representative, um, his name is Forrest Bennett, and he tried to troll conservatives the other day by sponsoring a bill to say, oh yeah, you guys want to overturn Roe versus Wade? You want to ban abortion, huh? Well, then, well, then the father should be financially responsible if they're sleeping around impregnating women. <laughs> and then all the conservatives were like, 
yep, sounds like a pretty good idea. <laughs> so according to Live Action News, uh, initially covered this and compiled a lot of the hilarious tweet responses to all of this. Oklahoma State Representative Forrest Bennett introduced a bill last week mandating that fathers be held financially responsible for the preborn children they helped to create. But after a flood of pro-lifers cheered the bill and abortion advocates, advocates expressed outrage, Bennett quickly walked it back and withdrew the entire thing. Um, here's his tweet, actually. Uh, we have it here. He says, This week I filed HB 3129, which codifies that a father's financial responsibility to his baby, oops, oh, you're not supposed to use that word, Forrest, <laughs> to his baby and their mom, begins at conception, he wrote. If Oklahoma is going to restrict a woman's right to choose, we sure better make sure the man involved can't just walk away from his responsibility. <laughs> so I won't read through all of the replies. You should go to Twitter, though, and look at the thread and look at the responses. It's pretty, pretty fun reading, especially in such dark times. Just kind of goes to show how self-evident truth is, right? And secondly, how little the left understands the right. There, by the way, there's actually been, like, there's actually been um, studies done on this. Um, where, you know, they ask conservatives, like, their understanding of, like, left-wing policies and positions, and then they ask uh, the left their understandings of the right-wing's positions and sort of, sort of supportive policies. Largely, conservatives understand the worldview, the presuppositions, okay, the ideology of leftism. The left has no idea what we believe, like no idea whatsoever. Um, and so this is such a hilarious example of that. It, you know, he's, he thinks he's trolling pro-lifers when in fact we're all like, thanks for making our case for us. You're right. Fathers should be financially responsible for any children they help to create from conception, from the womb, why? Because that child is a human being. Therefore, they deserve support. Not just the mom, yes, the mom, but also the baby, because that's not a preg it's not a blob of pregnancy tissue. It's a person who's only alive because of you, and mom, right, unless it's rape, of course, who's alive because of you, therefore you have duties, obligations, and responsibilities. Right? So Forrest Bennett here, sort of Freudian slipped here, I guess, kind of communicating. Uh, the, the deeper truth of the pro-life position that he's trying to suppress. So then he gets, he gets outrage from members of the abortion movement and of the left for basically making the pro-life case for us. Now, of course, they're not putting it in that clear language, right? It's someone like me and conservative thinkers who have to kind of, you know, translate leftism into reality. But that's what they were saying. Why else would they be outraged with him, right? If they thought it was a great idea, they'd support it. They don't think it's a good idea. So why do they not think it's a good idea? Well, I think that's pretty self-evident, isn't it? Because law functions as a teacher, right? As Aristotle popularly said, statecraft is soulcraft. That there is a relationship between statecraft and policies and politics, right? Um, and the national consciousness of a people, how we are formed to think about certain things. And that does generally happen gradually, right? It, it doesn't happen suddenly, but it's an important role of statecraft. What's an example of this? Uh, no-fault divorce laws, okay? Did we get more or less divorce after no-fault divorce laws? We got tons more, okay? Did we get more or less abortions after we legalized abortion? We got tons more. But not only did we get more of the behavior that we legally allowed, 
those laws, right, that statecraft also began to communicate morality. Not moral truths, it communicated a lie, but it communicated their view of morality. So for decades, my generation, people older than me, people younger than me, are being born into a society where abortion's legal, and it's lauded, cheered, and championed as healthcare, women's rights. Oh, and if you support, if you oppose abortion, you hate women because women need abortion in order to be equal with men. That was the, the fundamental claims of the early sexual revolutionaries. So that kind of statecraft actually teaches, doesn't it? And, and, and then we have this really bad, stupid tendency as human beings of assuming that whatever's legal is moral and correct. Because uh, certainly our government would never make something truly evil legal. <laughs> well, it's done it before, it'll do it again, it's doing it now. So that's sort of the importance of statecraft from a teaching standpoint in terms of what it communicates to the country, but more importantly, to the posterity, right, to the next generation who will be formed in their thinking by those policies and laws and also by language, right? And we're going to get to that in just one second. But a lot of what Forrest Bennett did here was he accidentally made the case for the pro-life position while thinking he was trolling us. And so the left wing got upset and pissed off because his law would be teaching that unborn babies are babies, they're not blobs of tissue, and they deserve the financial support and involvement of their parents. And if they deserve the financial support of their parents and they have a right to that, they obviously have a right to not be killed. So he then apologizes for, uh, for a state representative, Forrest Bennett. And here's what he says in his tweet. He said, well, this has been fun. I appreciate those who understood the message behind this and those who provided sincere, constructive feedback and pointed out serious issues with practical application. He went on to say, let me get this out of the way. Obviously, I'm not moving forward with this bill as written. Oh, interesting. What changed? I'm glad many of you understand the idea, but it clearly needs work. So to actual constituents of mine, like, and he tagged someone, who requested that I go back to the drawing board, I hear you. Twitter isn't the place to try to point out that if this state outlaws abortion, and if it tries to define life as beginning at conception, it owes its people the kind of policy that supports and helps babies and parents, not just policies that force birth. But I tried to anyway. And then here was his last tweet in this long apology thread. He said, I understand how the language, language, remember that word, in my message and bill both hurt the cause instead of helping it. And I apologize for not being more thoughtful. What cause did he hurt? The pro-abortion cause, okay? The culture of death, Planned Parenthood, abortion on demand, women need abortion to be equal with men. That's the cause he's apologizing for hurting. Well, how did he hurt it? I understand how the language in my message and bill hurt the cause. Oh, so your language hurt the pro-abortion cause. Why? Because you acknowledged reality, that it's a baby that's only alive because of his or her parents' actions. Therefore, both parents have duties and obligations. And if both parents, and if both parents have duties and obligations of financial support, <laughs> then they obviously have a duty and obligation to what? Not murder. <laughs> Wouldn't not murdering someone uh, be a greater obligation than not financially supporting them? Uh, yes, I would think so. So you see, he's... he's uh, He's failing to obey Joseph Goebbels. 
the response of the pro-abortion movement, if summarized in this situation, would be something like this, right? This, this is Joseph Goebbels in abortion face, <laughs> right? Forrest, you shut up. The lie of not all humans are persons and the unborn is not a person can only be maintained for such a time as we can shield the people, shield them from the consequences of the lie that not all humans are persons. Telling Americans that fathers should be financially responsible and involved in supporting their unborn children is telling people that unborn children are children and not just blobs of tissue, insensate pregnancy tissue. If people start supporting your stupid bill, they might come to realize that unborn babies are human beings who deserve to be supported and not dismembered. Oops, <laughs> that's Joseph Goebbels in abortion face, right? The lie can only be maintained for such a time as we can shield the people from the political consequences of the lie. It thus becomes um, vitally important for the state to use all of its powers to repress dissent for the lie, for the truth is the mortal enemy of the lie. Hilarious, hilarious, perfect application of that Nazi propagandist in how he taught Nazis to use language and manipulate language in such a way to further their political agenda while ensuring that the populace didn't become too aware or awakened of what the lie really was. So language is the tool. Language is the way that you have to control and keep together your political puzzle pieces, if you will. For once you begin to refer to reality and use language to refer to things in the real world, right, your puzzle piece starts to fall apart. Your whole political agenda begins to fall apart. And the response of the left to this pro-abortion state representative Forrest Bennett really tells you everything you need to know. Their immediate outrage reveals their more deeply held beliefs. They all know they're killing babies. They know these children are children. They know that follow the science means to acknowledge the humanity of the unborn. But if you allow language to communicate those truths, people begin to change how they think about the abortion issue, which then, which, which then is the fundamental collapse of your entire movement, which relies on people to vote for abortion, to get abortions, right? To pressure people to get abortions. Um, very, very hilarious, but telling story. And I don't know if you'll hear um, quite a as in-depth unpacking of, of that story as we do on this show, but I think you need to hear it from that light um, because when someone tells you who they are, you should believe them, and they're telling us who they are and what they believe. But then this, this importance of language goes even further. You know, this episode is titled Controlling Words, Controlling Minds, uh, you know, uh, thanks to Michael Knowles, the title of his phenomenal book for that title. I want to give credit where credit is due. But that's the point, right? If you can control language and control words, you can control how people think about that given, any given topic in question. And so this is more of a better story, but it is a, it is a illustration of the importance of conservatives and pro-lifers <clears throat> demanding the correct use of language. We've ceded too much ground to the left 
uh, in, in linguistics, right? We have put up with and allowed for far too much redefining of words, even though we know it to be a lie. But we don't call it a lie enough. And unfortunately, too many conservatives and pro-lifers actually slowly begin to use the very redefined terms and language from the lexicon of the left, which drives me insane because not only are you communicating a lie, but it's also beginning to change how you think about those issues as well. In other words, not only is the left successfully indoctrinating and propagandizing the secular culture, but it's working on you too. For example, if pro-lifers or conservatives say the word biological male, we are ceding linguistic ground to the left and we are taking a page out of their lexicon. When you say biological male, you're saying that there could be such a thing as a non-biological male. Otherwise, why would you put the qualifier in front of the word male? No, there are males and females, men and women. There's no such thing as a biological male. All right, that, that's, that's redundant. Yes, a, a, a male is biologically a male because his biology can only be one gender. So just call him a man or a male. Saying biological male insinuates that there could be such a thing as a non-biological male, which is the whole ideology of transgenderism. But I hear pro-lifers use this term. Okay, that's one example. Uh, pro-lifers sometimes do this on abortion as well um, in, in how we speak about abortion. For example, even the word abortion, um, the left has successfully used to rearrange the linguistic puzzle pieces of the pro-life movement, right? When we say abortion, or when someone says, I got an abortion, we all use that term and we all refer to that term to mean an, a woman got an abortion. But an abortion is the intentional killing of an innocent human being. So you didn't get an abortion, you paid for an abortion on your child. The baby got the abortion. Let's, let, language, okay, language. What do these words mean? Let's define words. Abortion means the intentional killing of an innocent human being. Okay, so... Is every woman dead after an abortion? No. Who's dead? The baby. So who got the abortion? Who was intentionally killed? The baby. That, that's like one example um, of, of how this happens in the pro-life space. It's very frustrating. We should demand the correct use of language. And oh, but Seth, it, it, it's broadly understood what we mean by that. Yeah, I guess. But to the, to the larger public, right? It... it the application of the word abortion fits right within their view of abortion, which is that abortion is something that a mom gets because it's just her body. You see, even how the word abortion is used it helps further the entire pro-abortion worldview and ideology in the first place. So that's some examples of this. So that I wanted to preface this story with that introduction because the left understands the importance of controlling words and language to control minds and how the public thinks about the issues and how they want them to think about those issues. We've ceded far too much linguistic ground or we haven't demanded the correct use of language. This Colorado congressman is doing that and I love it. He just introduced a bill to replace the word fetus with the term unborn child in federal law. So Congressman Doug Lamborn, a Colorado Republican, introduced H.R. 6099, the Recognizing the Unborn Act with 19 of his colleagues. The Recognizing the Unborn Act will work to ensure that unborn children are acknowledged and protected, he said in a statement to LifeNews.com. Everywhere in the federal code where it says fetus, we're going to change that to unborn baby or unborn child. 
to give humanity and dignity and respect to the unborn. His bill defines an unborn child as a member of the species Homo sapiens at any stage of development who is carried in the womb. That's the importance of language and words, referring to things as they really are in the real world with specificity. When I say boy, I don't mean girl. So language, words are pointers, aren't they? They refer to something. They point to something in the real world. So if we're going to win the American culture war writ large, but specifically the abortion wars, then we have to use the correct language about the very victim that we're seeking to protect, the unborn human, person, child, baby, referring to them as anything else or referring to their killing as anything but killing is only shooting ourselves in our own foot and harming the very goals that we're seeking to secure. Now, contrast this specificity and use of language with the former president of Planned Parenthood, Leanna Wen. Leanna Wen, the former president of Planned Parenthood, said in a, in a piece last year, but I just saw it recently. So it's fairly recent, but it's not new news. But I wanted to cycle it into this episode and show because it, it really makes my point for me. And no, nothing is more satisfying than allowing the left and the champions and cheerleaders of abortion to make my point for me, which means that reality kind of is self-evident. You can only suppress it for so long. The former president of Planned Parenthood admits in a recent book she just wrote that she was instructed by her lackeys to say the word, use the word abortion in every interview, according to Insider News by Anna Miller. And he, I'm just going to read some pieces from this article just to make this point, okay? After the ABC segment that Leanna Wen appeared on, a board member texted Leanna Wen and said this, next time, make sure you talk about abortion. You need to talk about abortion at every media interview, a national staffer told Leanna Wen. You're the president of Planned Parenthood. People expect that from you. Listen to this, someone else at Planned Parenthood, according to Leanna Wen in her book, okay? And I don't know why she'd go out of her way to harm Planned Parenthood when she's still pro-choice and still supports Planned Parenthood, right? So <laughs> you can kind of assume all this is true. She said someone else told her, not saying abortion sounds as if you're ashamed of it. And the article goes on and says, Leanna Wen, who is pro-choice, took the stance that she and the organization should advocate for all reproductive health services, like birth control and sex ed, which could reach more people and help reduce the need for abortions. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. You're not supposed to say that. Planned Parenthood is in the business of creating a demand for abortions, right? That is why their sex ed is basically pornography. It goes back to Alfred Kinsey. If you listen to me for a while, you'll understand the history of that. Uh, go watch my sermon from Calvary Chapel Chattanooga on the podcast called The Religion, Sacrament, and Liturgy of Planned Parenthood, or my episode with Monica Klein, the former Planned Parenthood sex educator, if you want to get a good history on the history of sexual education in America, right? Sex ed is their sales funnel, abortion is their product, and your daughters are their prospects. That's how they sexualize children, encourage them to engage in any, all, any and all forms of sexual activity, knowing full well that there will be more unplanned pregnancies. They will therefore already have a, a cyclical relationship with those young children as they come in for testing, STD testing, condoms, etc. And now the next step would just be to get an abortion, okay? 
Well, saying that you want to reduce the need for abortions, yeah, that, that's not going to fly at Planned Parenthood. The article continues, she believed, Leanna Wen believed, using pro-abortion language alienated people whose decision to get one was painful. And she said, most Americans have complicated, nuanced views on abortion. She believed Planned Parenthood should meet them where they are, she thought. But Leanna Wen said her colleagues viewed that position, listen, as trying to cover up abortion. <laughs> Leanna Wen said her colleagues viewed that position as trying to cover up abortion. They said acknowledging some patient's difficulty with seeking the procedure was dramatic. So if you acknowledge that some people have difficult opinions regarding the decision of whether or not to get abortion, makes abortion seem dramatic. Since it's, since it's common, usually simple, and generally safe. You see, what are they angry about? They're angry that Leanna Wen, the former Planned Parenthood president, while the president of Planned Parenthood was was using language in such a way and speaking in such a way that it communicated that abortion might be something other than reproductive health care. It communicated that there might be a respect respectable reason to have alternative views on abortion. It communicated that maybe abortion is more complicated than what we've made it out to be, which then questions the entire premise of Planned Parenthood which is that not all humans are persons. The unborn is an example of a human that's not a person. Therefore, they have no rights because they're just insensate blobs of DNA pregnancy tissue. If you question that PR stunt at all, you will be aborted from Planned Parenthood. By the way, Leanna Wen was fired from Planned Parenthood after being there for nine months, so a late-term abortion. I kind of find that hilarious. So... Uh, the article goes on and says, if we don't talk about abortion openly, loudly, and proudly as a positive moral good, then we are further stigmatizing it and the people who need it, Leanna Wen said one colleague told her. <laughs> so, I mean, there it is. That's Joseph Goebbels in abortion face once again. If we don't talk about it loudly, shout it, celebrate it as a positive moral good, that's how abortion has to be described right? And, and promulgated. That is Planned Parenthood's pitch. It must be celebrated proudly as a moral good, or otherwise we're, further, we're, we're only further stigmatizing the word. Oh, what? By, by using words that might refer to reality? Exactly, exactly. Because reality tends to be self-evident. This reminds me of that famous Humpty Dumpty line in Alice in Wonderland, okay? This, along with the Joseph Goebbels insight, the disgusting Nazi propagandist who was a smart man, uh, but an evil man, this along with that is really all you need to know to understand how the left manipulates language to attempt to manipulate reality or to control minds. Humpty Dumpty says in Alice in Wonderland, he says, when I use a word, Humpty Dumpty said in a rather, rather scornful tone, it means just what I choose it to mean, nothing more or less. <laughs> oh, so language is not objective then. It doesn't point to anything in the real world. It just means whatever you mean it to mean. That's what Humpty Dumpty is saying. The question is, said Alice, whether you can make words mean different things. That's all. <laughs> the question is, said Humpty Dumpty, which is to be master. That's all. <laughs> that's, a, that's a powerful sort of politically insightful dialogue right there. Presumably, Humpty Dumpty means, are we to master language or is language to master us? 
When I use a word, it means whatever I want it to mean, neither more nor less. Really? The question is, can you make words mean so many different things? No. The question is, which is to be master? That's all. Language ought to master us because language points to things in the real world, and we need to use language to communicate the truth. <laughs> but the left wants to master language, right? If they can master language and manipulate it and use it in ways to confuse the broader public or, of course, indoctrinate the broader public, then that's a powerful, that's a powerful stunt to pull off because words shape how we think. Words color the way that we see the world, right? Because we, we're, we are the speaking animal, aren't we, right? This is what you know, Aristotle and Plato understood and taught, is that that is what differentiates us from all of the other beasts. We are the speaking animal. We're rational moral agents. This is why you don't hold a tiger legally liable for mauling a human being. But you do hold human beings liable for such behaviors because we're moral agents. We have a free will and we can speak, we can communicate, we can argue, debate, pursue the truth, make our case. That's what differentiates us. That's why we're accountable. So words are the, the prerequisite to all other forms of life, our political life, our familial life, and, and oh, but some, some people can't talk. Yes, and people who are dumb also learn how to communicate, right? Language is decisive. Language is predominant. Words shape how we think and they color the way we see the world. The left understands this. That's why they've been trying to manipulate language for so long. That's what the Colorado congressman gets right. And ironically, that's also what Planned Parenthood gets right in the sense that they understand the importance of language. Their goals are radically different. It's about time we start learning something from the left and from Planned Parenthood by demanding the correct use of words, refusing to use words that lie and that don't communicate the truth, and for calling out the lies of false language because by controlling words, you can indeed control minds. Here's a last line from this article. I was given a choice, change or leave, Leanna Wen wrote. Change my approach, my language, how I was talking about abortion or leave the organization. Before her lawyers could come to a mutually agreed upon departure statement, the board voted her out. I remember when this happened. She learned about it through a New York Times news alert on her phone <laughs> before she even got a call from Planned Parenthood. So Planned Parenthood performed a late-term abortion on Leanna Wen because she was compromising the linguistic approach of the organization. If that doesn't tell you how much Planned Parenthood cares about language and their meticulous use of language such that they would fire someone who supports their organization and is pro-abortion simply for revealing the truth, <laughs> because maybe people will think about it as something other than abortion. Maybe the Colorado congressman will teach people to think about it as an unborn child and not a fetus. And maybe that Oklahoma state representative might begin communicating that the baby is a baby who deserves the financial support of their parents by passing legislation that uses language that describes abortion as something other than just reproductive health care. Control words, control minds, manipulate language, manipulate an entire people in society. 
and it's about time we take a page from the left. Truth in life is winning, and the lie of abortion is mortally wounded. You see it all around you. Roe versus Wade about to fall. The left predicting that Roe v. Wade will be overturned, even more than conservatives are. 150,000 people at the March for Life in Washington, D.C. Not a single pro-abortion protester the day of the march. There was a, an abortion flash mob dance rally the next day, and I'll be showing you some interviews and street content we did from that, but not a single pro-abortion presence at the largest pro-life march in the world. Abortion is mortally wounded, and we need to be decisive in striking the final blows. But that begins with referring to things as they really are, because truth will always come home to roost, and reality has an annoying tendency of reasserting itself and slapping us in the face. That is the great historical and conservative consolation, that reality always reasserts itself in the end. We may be living through that reassertion of truth in life now, and we need to find our place on the wall on the front lines to be the advocates of truth, correct language, and life for those who literally cannot speak for themselves. Thanks so much for tuning into the show today. Head on over to iTunes, Spotify, YouTube. Give the show a rating and review. We really appreciate it. It helps us reach more people as the show continues to grow and people continue to get challenged, encouraged, educated, and equipped to engage the number one moral issue of our day, our silent genocide, our civil rights issue. Um, and we appreciate that. Head on over to SethGruber.com to sign up for my newsletter, see my speaking schedule, support my work, or see me live and in person, or book me for an event as my schedule is filling up quickly. And if you want to support the show and help us expand our production value, number of episodes, guests we can bring on the show, and types of content we create, head on over to Patreon.com forward slash unaborted, Patreon.com forward slash unaborted, and check out the tiers and perks that you get for supporting the show. We really appreciate it. Until later this week, I'm Seth Gruber, and this is Unaborted.